0: One, two,
1: three. For little you want a three, three, two, two, one. Let's do it. We welcome to the show today the Godfather of the brilliant Random Wrestling Review podcast, Ben Spindler returns. Welcome to three form. <laughs> It's going so well. Welcome to three from, and how are you today? There you go.
0: <laughs> three, four, five. Yeah.
1: Three, four, five, six. Yeah.
0: So that classic, um, so that classic football result. He's five six. No, he's five four. Four five, six. That's it. Five, yeah. That's it. Four five five. <laughs> couldn't stop saying six. Why couldn't I stop saying six? Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm um, really good. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Great. Good to be back. The Godfather. I hadn't styled myself that way before. So. <laughs> I new. think
1: maybe it's a new thing that you should, should do from now on because you are the. You are the what the origin story. I suppose. What is the origin story of the podcast? I don't think we've spoken about this. When did you decide to do it? And is it something you you three originals sort of spoken about? Um,
0: so no, it's, it's interesting. So Tom, who's one of the regular guests of the podcast, has been bugging me to do a podcast with him for ages, mm. and I and I always resisted because Tom is a fucking nightmare when it comes to discipline basically and okay. then turning up and and you know generally remembering stuff and I was just like if we do it I'm gonna end up doing everything and I just don't want to do that because I'd obviously done all the stuff of Wrestle Talk, and I did about 500 podcasts when I worked wow. for them so I was like I'm pretty much done with it to be honest mate yeah. so you know unless you're willing to do all the work and I mean like organize the episodes record it edit everything I'm not gonna do it and then about a year or so two no i can't remember now about two years ago i started to think oh i could do i could do a podcast again and then me and old man and tom old man being the other person on the podcast he sort of we we have a whatsapp group and old man just randomly january of last year early january of last year said oh i'm watching this and it was a picture of the rumble 95 poster okay Uh, and for whatever reason i don't know what came over me i just said too fancy doing a podcast about it and it was completely at random didn't no plan no thought just thought one day I just thought sod it I'll just do it I just asked them and they're both up for it so then we did it and then it was kind of like now we've got to figure out what we're actually doing why we're doing it what it's about what's the point all that kind of stuff so yeah that's 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 really the origin story not particularly exciting but (laughs) it's just that's how it came
1: about yeah, well, sometimes the, the the best origin stories are not necessarily the most... Ex- the, sometimes the best outcomes are not necessarily the most exciting origin stories, I suppose, is what I was trying to, trying to say. I'm always a bit... I've only done this, sending this second episode of this. I'm more nervous than I would normally be at the start of the podcast because there's lots of moving parts to this. Mm. So there's various links I've got to click on. There's various <laughs> windows open. We've already shared our screen. So why don't we... If you didn't listen to the first one, I'll give you a little synopsis of what this is and then we'll get into it because some of the uh, some of the names, the matches are a little bit longer than others. So I'm hoping I'm not going to stitch you up too badly on this tonight. <laughs> so essentially three from is a list of 10 wrestlers, myself and a guest host or guest hosts. Um, one of these will be randomly drawn out and then we'll watch three of their matches off air and then talk about them on air. It's pretty simple. So the, the wrestlers that we've got, so obviously the first episode was Bruno Sammartino, who is now gone. And he is being replaced by Macho Man Randy Savage. So I'm trying to replace people with kind of not exactly the same, but sort of similar sort of mm. um, genre. Maybe obviously a little bit later than Bruno. The other nine are the same as, but I'll just run through those. So we've got Sai Kamatani from Stardom, Dr. Death Steve Williams, uh, AJ Styles, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm scrolling far slower than I can read out. Mick Foley, Kenny Omega, Manami Toyota uh sting mitsuhu masawa and that is it so are there any people on that list that you would most like to be drawn out and any people that you would least like to be drawn out
0: Oh, it's difficult. I, I actually would have most likely to have liked to have picked up Bruno Sammartino. Mm. It's gone. I'm disappointed. Um, so I guess now I, I think I, there's not one I'd most like to pick out, to be honest. Maybe uh say say a Kamitani or um what was the other Japanese Oh Manami artist? Toyota. Manami Toyota, because I have not seen anything by either of them. Mm. Um probably not Hiroshi Tanahashi because the matches I assume are gonna be fucking long. And uh... <laughs> i tried to be I've
1: tried to pick the <laughs> G1 stuff. I've right, tried to okay. keep it within half an hour because otherwise it's just like...
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be crazy. yeah um And probably, if I'm honest, I mean, if it comes out, so be it. But if I'm honest, Mick Foley I'd like to avoid. Not because I don't like him, but just I've seen everything.
1: Okay, like, yeah, that makes way. sense. That you makes sense. Mean? Because the thing with this is, so, so I've tried to pick stuff that I've either not seen ever or I've not, I've seen a long, long time ago, so I have very little recall for. For mm. example, Kenny Omega, I've not picked three of the Akada matches because, you know that's done to death. I'll pick more obscure ones. Um, and you'd so, be here all day as well, wouldn't you? You would you would be, and that is, that is conscious. So I've kind of said to the, to people, like, I think this could be maximum two hours, but maybe a bit less depending on who we get. Yeah. You want to talk, so Bruno Sammartino, we, we talked about this off air. Was there something you wanted to add on that in terms of last week's show, or him in general, or last yeah. month's show, I should say?
0: Yeah, I just, I really liked that, to be honest, I really was happy that you guys were quite positive about Bruno <laughs> because I think it He's got his style has been lost to, to, to pro wrestling. Like, I remember I've written a piece about it a while ago, a couple of years ago, about how where Bruno San Martino sits in the pantheon of the greatest of all time. Because I think he's both overrated and underrated in that regard. He's okay. overrated by WWE's own kind of storytelling, i.e., the lineage of WWE stars starts with San Martino, moves through Hogan, Rock, Austin, Cena, and I guess now Roman Reigns. But San Martino wasn't really the same as the others because they've had to effectively sell uh tickets and pay-per-views and goodness knows what else to the world where san martino had to only really sell it to a specific region within the Mm. united states and at the same time that he was massive there were other stars in other parts of north america and of course in japan and even in mexico and in britain in fact where there were very very big stars um you know who were probably about the same sort of um, same sort of level of star. You know, obviously in America, just Rick Flair and Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race and Virangania and uh, Fritz von Ehrich and goodness knows, loads and loads of other people. Um, so he wasn't really the biggest star in the industry. He was just the biggest star in the WWF, but at the time when WWF wasn't kind of national. But then he's underrated because I think Rick Flair said in his book, like he criticised him really badly in his book. Flair did apparently. I've never read Flair's book. But I've oh, just... yeah,
1: I do vaguely remember this, about kind of just stand-up, uh, brawling style, I think yeah. was it was on those lines, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I think probably, it wouldn't surprise me anyway, if a lot of people who have only been watching really since the the, the early days of WrestleMania or, or after would probably agree with Ric Flair, and I think that's because Ric Flair's style has become the dominant, like it's been the... It's kind of the origin, if you like, of the dominant style of pro wrestling in in modern times. Mm. And Bruno's has kind of disappeared. But I think what was great is that you really touched upon why San Martino is special or was special. And that is that those crowds are so intense for him. Like it's unbelievable heat and unbelievable excitement when he wins. And he does these tiny little things that I don't know if people notice if you only watch him a little bit, but he's kind of like, he plays basically the humble kind of working class man. That's basically mm. the, the, the basic character. And he, he, he's sort of, um it's kind of reflective, if you like, of American society in general of the time, it's kind of like the, the, the way they like to see themselves as this kind of hardworking blue collar, kind of, you know, honest kind of guy who will sort things out with his fists when someone, mm. you know, hurts his family or hurts his friends or whatever. And he does these things in the ring occasionally. He doesn't do a lot, but occasionally, like when he gets really angry or he gets really pumped up, he sort of ever so slightly just moves his hands in a, in a motion to sort of make it clear that he's ready. He's Like he's, he's, he's kind of pumped up, he's psyched up. But it's so, it's really subtle. It's really, really subtle. And hmm. um, it just, it is a real masterclass for me in how you suit what you are doing to your your public yeah so i've seen some madison square garden shows where like Edward Edward carpentier is on them. oh yeah 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 and he's amazing like and i think modernized would think of him as amazing he's really really good but the madison square garden crowd really don't react to him very much interesting
1: because then that's not what they're there Is for. It too, they, too bump heavy style was he doing or something, or what was he? Too flipping technical and flying and stuff, too technical, too technical.
0: Okay. Too yeah. flippy, too technical. Mm. Um, they're not interested in that. They want the brawling, they want yeah. the punch and kick. So you you know, when that's what the crowd wants, just because now with modernized, you'd be like, well, that's a little bit one-dimensional. You can't criticize it because that was what they wanted. That was what yeah. was good to that fan base. So and he did it better than anybody. So I just think it's a really interesting kind of, I think he just really, I think Bruno is really interesting. And I, you, as you know, Stephen, I did my kind of network, WWE network thing uh, a little while ago, where I tried to watch every match on the network, starting from the beginning. And of course, what that means is I've watched probably every Bruno Samantino match, which is on the network. Yeah. Like there's about yeah. 30 odd matches of his that are on the network and uh, so I got to really quite like him quite a lot and so I was really as I said really quite happy when you guys uh, were quite positive about what he did
1: yeah I was I not sure what my expectations were but they were they were massively surpassed and I think we talked about on the show for him to be that over and obviously I've watched the 60 stuff maybe there's some 60 stuff I couldn't find but the, the 60 stuff is, is largely gone but for him to be that over that much that long into his career is just mm-hmm. I know it was only in one area but those people had seen him. They'd seen him do everything. They'd seen him through all sorts of variety of opponents. And he was still there drawing and unbelievable reaction. So, yeah, fair play to him, definitely. His and, his,
0: his last match, Madison Square Garden, or his last headlining match, was in 1987.
1: Wow, that is so he's nuts, still, still. He, We're
0: actually in the height of Hulkamania, and he still yeah. headlined Madison Square Garden. And actually, I think some of his work in the early 80s with Zabisco is, is amazing as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think he lost anything as he got older.
1: No, definitely not. Right. Shall we see whether we're going to stitch ourselves up or whether we're going to get a nice three 15 minute matches or not? Right? Let, can you see this pick items here?
0: I can. Yes. Let's
1: do this. Right. This didn't work the first time I, I selected it. So is it going to come out? Kind of nervous.
0: Away? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous as well.
1: Right. Five, four, three, two, one. And it is oh, it's Mick Foley. Actually. <laughs> so you didn't didn't particularly want him. Um, but okay, right. I've ch- I think I've ch- i picked some interesting stuff. But cool. whether you whether you've seen this before or not is so we've had to, we've had so far we've had two American predominantly WWF or WWF stars really so far, which is which is an interesting one. So how are you feeling about that? Are you feeling a bit down in the dumps? Have you got Mick Foley, or is that is that not too bad?
0: No, I'm, yeah, I'm no feeling-
1: matches. I think so. At least we've got that
0: that's good a philosophical I'm feeling yeah yeah this this bring on it you know what you probably will bring up three matches I haven't seen now and I'll be like okay great
1: Uh, I'm not sure I think there's certainly maybe a couple in here I've not seen so Mick Foley is a former New York Times bestseller and a three-time WWF world champion Um, an absolutely legendary and lovable figure who gave so much to pro wrestling Is certainly one of my all-time favorites I'm sure you're the same as me uh when his first book came out it was you know read it till you finish basically um in what 2000 I guess that would have been around that sort of time
0: yeah I think the book came out end of 99 because it goes the book goes up to the Rumble ninety nine, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, or maybe just before because when he first before his first title, wasn't it? Yeah, right, I think cause... he. I think he says at the end of the book,
0: um, something like. Something talking about the Rumble ninety nine match with the Rock, and he said, "But I'll let the Rock tell you about that in his book." I think. Yeah,
1: that's it. I think that's definitely definitely right. So the f- the first match that we've got from Mick Foley is Cactus Jack versus Paul Orndorff in a Falls Count Anywhere. From Super Bowl three. Now, have you reviewed this on the show? Have you seen this no. before?
0: No, 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 I've not. So, great start.
1: So, we think this is one that you haven't seen, right? Well, let's see if I can actually organise this in a fairly good way because this, uh, this may require. You know, I don't like to edit anything out of podcasts. So this might may require a little bit of editing. On <laughs> how quickly I can get this done?
0: Okay, I've seen the list of matches.
1: I'll have you now. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so we've got so the other matches of Vader versus Cactus Jack from. Um, Halloween like the, Havoc. Yeah, Halloween Havoc. And then Cactus Jack versus Wing Kanamura, uh, which is from, um, he's run FMW. So that's the Kawasaki Baseball Stadium match. Have you seen that one before?
0: So the only one I've seen is the Vader versus Cactus Jack match. Oh, so. Okay,
1: good. Ladies so, good. And gentlemen, that's not a bad result, though. Uh, I've got the wrong match loading there. <laughs> uh, right. I'm, my Mac is going to need to be replaced in the next six months and it, I'm sure it's going to pick the time that's the worst possible time for this to happen as well
0: well as I said my um the file for the edit got corrupted last night and I was just like smashing things up basically
1: so so what happened so, so you finished the edit completely in the whole but you've got you've got the core recording of you beautiful editing i've got the, i've again. got the
0: core yeah i've got the core recording i got three quarters of the way through the edit and it just for whatever reason just stopped working and then when i tried to reload it it was like yeah none of this exists so i was oh, like what the fuck has happened um so yeah it took me about three hours to do it as well so that was not hmm. that was not um very happy times
1: no not good at all um I remember one of the po- uh, really early days of wrestling podcasts. I don't if you follow the guys post-wrestling at all. Um, John Pollock, and waiting. I've actually met them at a couple of things. I wouldn't, I don't think, I, it's a bit, be a bit of a stretch to say they're friends, but I think <laughs> we might, they might, I don't know if they recognize me or not, because I've seen them a few things and I saw them in Japan also America. Um, mm. But they, one of their really early podcasts, they do something very similar to, to you guys uh, in terms of like review old shows. It's just not, doesn't want to work Super Bowl three, but they recorded it, recorded one show and it's like, something like unforgiven 98 or something something not very good um and they recorded it lost it lost it completely recorded it again lost it completely again oh. and the one that you got was the third version of it oh it's just not playing ball with us uh super- we
0: we've done it once where we we recorded the first 20 minutes and realized we hadn't pressed record oh <laughs> so no that was pretty bad but uh that was early days and that was
1: I haven't had too many disasters when it comes apart from this right now. I haven't had too many disasters when it comes to losing, losing recordings. The, the worst thing I've sort of had is that um, I've had a couple of times where it's uploaded only the first five minutes of the show, which has not been not been ideal. Um,
0: yeah. It does this. Mine does this sometimes.
1: Yeah, just a spinning wheel of death.
0: Just won't It'll do that. And then it goes to the play button and won't move on. There we go. Uh,
1: All right. A wonderful paul ornor for just a few moments you're going to be getting into a match with cactus jack pitfalls got absolutely anywhere what is going through
0: your mind well let me tell you something right now cactus jack i've beaten you everywhere we've been and i don't mind
1: I don't I don't... right cactus is going after him with a spade so we're going to we're going to chat to you again at the end of this match So. I didn't set a timer on that because they didn't actually ring a bell, but he's just won that basically after taking a complete beat down for what would it have been? 12 minutes. Do we think roughly? Yeah,
0: I reckon so. Yeah, yeah, about that, some,
1: yeah. Something like that. And also I realized as I was um, watching this first match, that one of my least favorite styles of wrestling is hardcore wrestling. And I've got <laughs> a full, I've got a fools count anywhere, Texas death match and a, probably another death match as well. So fantastic. Um I actually really enjoyed that though. For that all being said, um, I thought that was pretty good fun, but unfortunately, it was very much in the era of Cactus Jack McFarley doing everything and everything to his body just to try and get you know to adv- advance, him. That was from February the twenty first, nineteen ninety three, and as you said, from Super Bowl three from Asheville Civic Center in North Carolina. What did you think of that one, Ben? What's your what are your thoughts on the match?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. I really enjoyed it. It was it was brutal. I mean, he it just put himself through so much. Like specifically the sunset flip um out to the outside it just I just thought my god like how do you not break your back pretty much every time
1: was that well it wasn't top was it because I've written in my notes I wrote top rope but then I think I'm a, I'm a little bit behind the scenes for the for the listeners here I was about, I was about to say viewers my mum phoned me during the, <laughs> the, the viewing of that match so I was slightly distracted for for some of it but did he jump from the apron because basically he, he did it like a almost like a swanton didn't he, he jumped right yeah. over Orndorff didn't quite get the move, but just went back first straight down to, onto the onto the concrete. So was it Apron or was it middle right or top right? I
0: think it was middle rope. I middle think. rope. I think so.
1: I mean, which I, is which is high enough, isn't it? So
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I mean, it, you know, you're right. It, it it kind of it feels a bit bad. And and I guess I'm glad that nobody does it, that's this kind of stuff anymore, really. But there is something very refreshing about the way he does violence. Yeah. Uh, in that it's you know, I guess over time that, that we have established some cliches and one of them being tables, for example. Um, WWE loved to spear people through that little bit of the ring time the timekeepers thing these days. Mm. Mick Foley doesn't do the cliche stuff because no. there weren't, they weren't cliches so much back then. And uh, so I just found it, you know, great to watch him in full action. And it was strange before the match. I was kind of thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm in the mood for a Mick Foley match. And then as the match went on, I was like, this is, this is so good. This is so, yeah. um, it's, it's just what he does. And it's not been replicated, I don't think, by anybody. Um, the way he does it, his style, it feels like a fight. It yeah. doesn't feel like there's any convoluted bits. You know, they're not going out of their way to kind of
1: I don't know. stuff up and things. Yeah, it's exactly. Just that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he throws him into a guardrail and he takes a, takes a double bump on two guardrails. Yeah. It all looks very natural, doesn't it? I think, yeah, I think... And that was... He was all about realism. I, I don't Have you listened to any of his podcasts at all?
0: I haven't, no, not yet. His I podcast is
1: so good. It's so, so good. I mean, it's, it's Tangent City, which, which obviously I'm a fan of, and we do on both of <laughs> our podcasts as well. But it's so, so good. But he's just so he was talking about something on the, on the other day around not wanting to wear knee pads because he thought knee pads were unrealistic now he has got a brace on in this but I presume he's probably pretty you know um serious or significant injury to do that but he everything is real he someone he he, he thinks and I, I know from reading his books and what he does in his podcast he thinks if someone's going to throw me into that door or that rail I'm not going to flip over and take it on my back or do this I'm going to go into it like someone would and then then the consequences are thereafter
0: yeah he thinks about things that's the that's does, the key yeah, he does yeah. I mean it's not just about the wrestling like I remember him talking about when he had to turn heel after Wrestlemania 14 because Mm. they needed someone to face Steve Austin for a couple of months basically and he I remember him talking about how he had to think through why his character would turn heel at that point it couldn't just be that he turned heel That just wouldn't that just wouldn't do and I just wish everyone felt like that in terms of that kind of stuff like character stuff like why would my character do the thing that I'm now being asked to do? And not necessarily because you should refuse to do it, but you should work a way to find out how you can make that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love that about Mick Foley.
1: We do um, a little rating system on uh, mid south moments, which is either skip. Uh, it was all right. This, I mean, this is not the most, uh, most uh, <laughs> great uh, categories of these names. So it's skip. It was all right um recommend or must watch must watch is kind of five stars basically i would say or 4.75 so i think i'm going to go probably low recommend on this um because i think this is what if you want to see some mcfoley um pre WWF stuff where he's throwing himself around and interestingly paul ondorf is 43 here so um you know clearly he's not around for all that much longer but i I thought this was pretty good fun actually What, what what would you give this one
0: tricky one. I, I'm tempted to give it a hard recommend. Um okay, yeah. I, I didn't not that to say it was like a I don't know, I, I don't I don't you know Stephen, I don't do the star star system. Mm.
1: But give me I want the decimal points 0.25. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's the main reason I don't do the star system. I'm like, <laughs> if you're gonna have 0.25s and halves, just make it a rating system out of 20, surely you might have five. Um, but I I just think that in terms of seeing what Mick Foley is all about. I think actually it works, works really well. There's bits and pieces in there where even, the, so there's one bit where Paul enough hits him with his knee brace, having taken the knee brace off. And he takes it amazingly, as you would imagine, but it's the bump off the off the ring apron then, because he stood on the ring apron at the yeah. time. And it's like, it's not necessarily that he's, I think what you would see now is someone make a bigger deal of the bump. But what he does is it, it it's almost as if he's just been unbalanced by the fact that someone's hit him. And it just so happens that he's fallen onto yeah. the floor as opposed to, oh, I'm falling onto the floor. I, I can't. That, that's the only way I could put it. There's another one where he also pulled off suplexes him onto the guardrail. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that is sickening. It's Spy. sickening. It's sickening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah
0: but it's also entirely like real looking because again, I think now someone would spend some time to pull the guardrail out of the way, set up a table to soften the blow, all that kind of stuff. He's not having any of it. I just think it. And I've, as I said, I've seen quite a few of McFoley's matches this time, and some of them are a bit more disjointed than that was. And I found Mm. this quite a coherent vision of what McFoley's kind of um, idea of wrestling matches.
1: Yeah, the, my only criticism was I thought the crowd wasn't into it as much as they perhaps should have been at certain points. That's but right. Then the finish, they were all over, weren't they? So clearly, I, I don't know whether some of it, it's just they didn't know how. I guess for some things, if it's something you don't haven't really seen before, and I'm, I think in 1973 WCW, there probably wasn't too much of this sort of stuff. Um I'm not sure people knew how to take it, really, because they certainly weren't doing matches like this in WWF, were they, at no, the time? I no. can't think of, in the first um, sort of Falls Count Anywhere sort of thing I can think of is Randy Savage and Crush in their five-star classic at WrestleMania 10. So <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, like this. No, <laughs> nothing like this at all. I mean, this this, this was really good. So next but, up, we've I, got... I prefer, oh, sorry go, sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
0: But, sorry, yeah. The, I, the only thing I was going to say about the reason for the crowd reactions, I actually mm. think the reason is is because they like to Jack. So mm. when he gets hurt, they don't like it yeah again it's such a stark contradiction to the way we watch wrestling now which is oh my god that was amazing and we were watching it. you know as we were watching i was doing exactly oh my god that was amazing oh my god that was crazy but back back then i think you know the the reaction was actually i like this guy don't want him to be hurt and he's going through all this pain so i think that was the reaction and when he won you saw the delight so
1: yeah the spot at the end when uh Orndorff was calling for the the pile driver and not facing uh, Foley and the crowd were erupting around him. Orndorff did a really good job of that and just got smashed in the face with with a... They got his hands up, thankfully, with the shovel and that was it. So yeah, good stuff, I thought.
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
1: Next up, we've got Vader versus Cactus Jack. Um, so this is the on, the ongoing hostilities between these great rivals, and it continues in a Texas Death Match, which t- which took place on October the twenty fourth, 1993 at Halloween Havoc at the Lakefront Arena in New Orleans. So let's uh, we'll listen to the start of this and hear what's going on with the the ring announcer. If I can turn this up, technology working. The deal you saw the wheel fall on the Texas Death Match. There will be no disqualifications. Falls don't count. 30 second rest period between falls. Action continues. <laughs> Falls don't count. 30 second rest period the between falls. Whoever writes that. <laughs> <No> until <laughs> one man cannot get to his feet before the 10 counts. And now, let's bring the participants to the ring for the spin the wheel, make the deal, Texas death match. Right, we'll be back at the end of this it to talk about what we thought of the match. He wins the match, the Texas death match. Here is your winner, Vader. I thought that finish was an absolute abomination. That was terrible. (laughs) Um, I don't even know what to say about that. So, obviously, we, we were talking a little bit off air, but... The rules were you had to pin someone false count anywhere. And then they had 30 seconds rest period. Then they had to beat a 10 count from the referee. But we were sat there at the start saying, how'd you win this match? We didn't know. And you said you'd seen it before, obviously. So Mm. obviously it wasn't that clear. Mm. Um, So I didn't really like that. Um, I don't know. I thought there were some bits that were, that were interesting. Foley hit, a, hit Vader with a ringside's camera, which I thought was good fun. Um, both men bled. We talked off air where that was real blood. I think it probably was, but I think I suspect they probably both got in trouble in, uh, in turn around WCW <laughs> at that point with no blood. Um, yeah, I don't know. And the finish with this basically um, Harley Race got a stun gun and hit um Foley in the leg with it when he was trying to get back up to 10 with the refs back turn. And that was it. I thought that was just okay for me and maybe a little bit disappointing. What what did you think of foley Invader here?
0: Yeah, so I definitely agree. I I was thinking it's funny when you said about, you know, whether it's a recommend or whatever on the last match, mm. I was thinking hard I'd recommend because I got a feeling this Halloween Havoc match is not one I think is very good. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't say anything before, because I thought I don't want sort to of sway your opinion or anything. Spoil-
1: uh, f- uh, opinion spoiler, I call that. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. um, But well, yeah, when I, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, I remember this being a bit untidy. And I was trying to find... So the Random Wrestling Review actually began as a website. Uh, little mm. blog uh, where I do did long form reviews of shows and what and I did this as a review, which is why I had watched it before. Um, and um, so I was trying to I was trying to dig that out because I was trying to dig that out because I hadn't. Um, I, I was trying to remember what I had said about it then. But yeah, it's just I think it's a bit. It's actually funnily enough, a lot of the things that I was sort of talking about the last time in the negative, like, is a little bit convoluted in places. That's yeah. the whole table setup there's the sort of weak cheap ending where High race uses the uh, taser um yeah it is disappointing it's a real it is a disappointing match it starts off well it's it's, it's got all the elements of a vader match where like oh he's just he's just going in there beating the hell out of his opponent in real for real um and he took the chair shot to the head which is funny it's a bit childish of me but i i i don't i don't kind of what's the word i'm looking for. I don't kind of shy away from it. It's not like I, I you know, I, I understand the repercussions of that now, mm. but it's, I, I don't know. I, I find it hard to retrospectively go off. You know, this is terrible. I, maybe that's really bad of me, but I just, I don't I don't struggle with that quite as much as some people probably do. The,
1: the thing is, what can you, i I I'm probably more in the camp of uh, kind of a bit of a grimace, but the, the bottom line is, there's nothing any of us can do about it and they didn't know about it at the time. So what, you know, what can you,
0: you well, know, the, we other is, and, the other thing is the other thing I bet Vader's punches were far more of a problem yeah. for people than a chair one chair shot in a match because Vader would hit like 20 25 of them in a match yes. and they were yeah. pretty stiff. So it's you know, I kind of have to that's the way I sort of balance it, but yeah, I mean, as there were some good elements, and I really love Vader, I really love listening to Jesse Ventura commentate on WSW, which I find really bizarre. Um, but the match, yeah, was a bit it's a bit of a mess.
1: It wasn't, yeah. What the, the finish was it, in the middle, I thought I'm getting with this a bit, bit more now. I, I kind of understand the rules, but then the end just sort of killed it. Um, talking to Ventura, he had a great line. The only positive is they were both pretty ugly to begin with, and they <laughs> can't get any uglier. So I think that mm. was, yeah, a shame. Really, perhaps I should have chosen another. Um, another well, it's Vader a famous one. Show. But it that's is a famous, famous one. one, yeah. And, yeah.
0: I, and I remember when I reviewed it before, I thought, "Oh, this! I'm looking forward to this. This should be really good." Mm. And being quite disappointed. So I, even now, with my lowered expectations going in, funny you should say that. In the middle, you kind of got into it more. I got a little bit bored in the middle. To be honest, oh nice. really? Okay. Um, because and maybe I, I kind of remembered that it was a really cheap finish as well. I couldn't remember the exact finish, but I, I could remember that it was a wasn't a particularly good one.
1: Yeah, not the best. Now. As I mentioned earlier on the show, I absolutely love a death match. Not copyright <laughs> Wayne's World 1992. Um, was it 92? I think it was um now Mick Foley was already in the WWF at this point this is this match is for May the 5th 1996 but he returned to the Kawasaki Baseball Stadium for FMW's seventh anniversary show and Foley would celebrate this match four days later in a losing effort against Mark Mero back in the WWF one of my fate one of my random wrestling review favorites Mark Mero is. so every yeah. time he comes up he's always good so this is Cactus Jack versus Wing Kanamura from FMW so um if it yeah, hit play and we can hear some uh some of the start of this and we're straight in so we'll be back so just to describe the ring the ring looks like it's covered in barbed wire on one side i believe um see a wider shot. yeah it's just on the one side isn't the barbed wire and then there's panes of glass i
0: think in the corner so yeah this is uh
1: this is going to right, we'll be back shortly so I did not expect Patrick Shack to win that given that he'd left the promotion. So um as we try and get rid of that, that music. I <laughs> we were talking off air. This, you know, this is just not a match that is it's about, it's about a million miles away from the genre of wrestling that I want to watch. And I think it's probably pretty similar for you, Ben. Did you find anything redeeming in this?
0: Um I mean I don't, I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say. I, 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 I don't want to completely slate it because obviously I think it's just like anything wrestling is um, take films, for example, people, some people who like horror films, some people like horror films, like to be scared. Yeah. Like, they like the, 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 um, the just the, the feeling of being scared. People who like hot food. Just like the feeling of the heat in their mouth. You know, it's not people, my wife always says to me, Oh, you know, don't taste of anything. I'm like, no, it just, it's just, it t- does taste of stuff. It's just I can I can bear the heat, so I can taste it. And mm. I really like that sensation. This is the same. People just like this stuff. I don't like it. And I don't. That's not to say I hate all hardcore wrestling, but it's got to be used sparingly and for a reason. And yeah. this this is just let's just smash ourselves into glass. Let's just break, you know, let's let's put barbed wire around us, you know, that kind of stuff, which I'm I'm assuming, as it was an FMW show, was what they did all night on that card.
1: I guess probably variations of this. I mean, mean, we were talking, again, because the video quality wasn't amazing. We thought that the boards that they were using and and a lot of the match was around spots sort of teasing or taking bumps into these barbed wire boards. What we realised towards the end when, McFoley picked up some of the remnants of, of this, that there were glass at the bottom of it. So he picked up broken shards of glass and tossed them into the ring. Um I I, I agree. I think the the, the ultra-violent match is at the end of the feud if you need to go there. Um, but I think certainly in in AEW they, they use that device too much. I, I think that a sort of death match maybe you maybe that's something you can use every couple of years two or three years perhaps perhaps that's even a bit too much i don't know i think that, i think that you know there's lots of incredible wrestling where there's no blood so if you're using blood a lot then when it happens it doesn't really mean anything mm. um for example every single i can't think of even accidental blood in any of any of the you know what would be considered by fans of that style top japanese matches over the last 10 years no blood and you just don't need that sometimes. It doesn't need to be that device. So I think that should be use sparing as well. But yeah, I don't know. I, I almost don't even want to want to rate this because it's just not. It's just not something that you know. I is it's something I'm I'm fond of and can rate in a fair way. I will rate something though. Um, Kanemura probably did one of the worst moves I've ever ever seen. He was supposed to miss it. but Actually landed on McFoley's legs, which I'm sure kind of too <laughs> massive sort of a bump, really for him.
0: No, I I, um, I I think you're right. I don't think it is fair for us to to rate it. Um, interestingly, what you said about AEW as well is that I think you're, you're right. I think if, if a feud warrants it and it's been personal enough and there's a there's a kind of backstory that allows you to go in that direction, then go in that direction. But add to that, what I also dislike in addition to how common it is, is how quickly the too many people who are in the match are to move away yeah. from that feud after that point. You know, if you've got a feud that's a blood feud, it's so runs so deep that you are willing to do things that – Potentially could kill someone, which is effectively what we just saw with that match. Um, then that feud, whilst it you might not want those two wrestlers to continue to fight each other regularly, they should still quite clearly hate each other for the rest of time. They should never be able to move away from that feeling. And whenever they are in any way come in contact with each other on screen, there should be that. clear presentation of that between the two people which is just not something that that wrestling has been very good at doing in the last 15 20 years in general
1: no completely I think that's pretty much it. Any, any sort of final thoughts on these matches on Foley as a performer and where, where would he sort of not necessarily rank but was he someone that you really really loved at the time or was he sort of second tier for you or how did you sort of view him while um you know particularly towards the back end of his main wF run
0: so he was the first wrestler that after i understood the insider stuff of the business a little bit more he was mm. the first one i really loved mm. he was he was my favorite at that time my previous favorite had been the undertaker because i just loved the presentation even though he had terrible matches <laughs> and I, I keep making this point but i don't think you need great matches to make really popular wrestling um but yeah mick foley was the first one i really liked when i got into the insider stuff and of course he's Book came out. Uh, obviously, did the Hell in a Cell match with the Undertaker, and that was just crazy and, and insane. But I actually consider it a piece of art rather than just a wrestling match. It is something that you just can't, as, as brutal as it is, as dangerous as it is, and as you know, not technically sound as it is. It's an absolute piece of art that that match. So for me, yes, he ranks very highly in terms of my own my own like liking for him. I think strangely wrestling has moved on and what was interesting about that last match going back to actually the way the the boards or the the glass as it was were set up actually reminded me quite a lot of what WWE do now which they've they've quite cleverly I've realized watching this they've quite cleverly adapted it. so when they do a table a a tables match they just put tables around the ring exactly like those things were around the ring in this match between Kanamura and uh, Captain Jack but it's tables and it's much safer. Well, it's obviously yeah. really safe, you know. So um that was that was quite interesting. I, I had a little thing about Winkanemura that I was going to. Oh, yes, go her. ahead.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, go, go on.
0: So I, I think I've told you this, but before I ever saw an episode of Nitro, me and my friends at school uh, had only read the names of Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho and Juventu Guerrera. So we mispronounced them. You know, we we called it Juventud Guerrera and Chris Benoit, and even Chris Jericho were the names of the of those three. Until we saw the first time we saw Nitro, I was like, "What? Hoover too? What's that?" <laughs> so, um, the, but with Wing Kanemura, I again had only ever read his name uh, in Paris Slam, and his name is styled with a star after the W, isn't it? So yes. it's W star. I don't I don't know what that's about. But because I knew of what FMW was, was like, I, it was kind of a kind of garbage promotion, if you like, or a deathmatch promotion, whatever you want to call it. Um, and because I figured that it fit. And at the time, obviously, actually, there was a big thing. I thought his name was Wanking Kanamura. Yeah, I did. I thought I the same thing. Genuinely, We haven't spoken about
1: this. I thought the same thing <laughs> in Power Slam. And it wasn't until years later. I thought the star was censored yeah yeah exactly yeah, the same exactly yeah.
0: the same so i thought that's why they wrote they wrote it like that and uh apparently <laughs> nothing to do with that
1: but great just... minds think alike two, <laughs> two teenagers looking at, looking at power stand thinking who is this wanking kanemura guy and like, how they got to give it like that over but yeah like no, that's really really funny but yeah it's, yeah it's 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 the same i think um i've i thought mcfoley was, was a good one perhaps the vader match um you know, not quite up to expectations, but I think it'd be very easy to go the, you know, two matches of Triple H and the Hell in the Cell. So at least we have seen a little bit of different mm. stuff there. But um, yeah, that's good. Why don't you tell well, It's interesting. List? Oh, sorry, in- you go ahead.
0: It is interesting that you picked three matches that were before or just at the beginning of his WWF run where mm-hmm. he obviously achieved his superstardom. Um, so I, I guess that's because everybody and certainly you will have seen all of the matches that he had in WWF, really, or all the, the important ones anyway. So, but they're just interesting because it kind of, it's a different shade of what he was. And actually, I think when you see what he did in WWF and you see what we just watched, I think you start to appreciate some of what he did in the WWF and the fact that maybe he became an even more rounded performer when he got to, to the WWF, despite the fact that he was playing a character that was completely new and was a WWE-ified version of what Foley did. Um... He, he kind of really stepped up, I think, in terms of everything else, you know, and maybe just because he was given the opportunity to maybe it's just mm. given the opportunity to actually perform, think about his character, think about the things he's going to say on screen and actually, you know, really have a lot more autonomy over those things. Whereas I think in WW it's probably a quite a lockdown and they never really saw him as a as a major deal, I don't think. But especially it, as a baby
1: face. I don't think I could ever get yeah. behind him properly as a face. Yeah. 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 So
0: I think that was just really I think that was just really interesting to just see him um go back before the WF days and thinking actually he he's a great character wrestler. Um and it really stood out later in his career because he was given that kind of freedom.
1: Yeah definitely. Ben, thank you so much for appearing on the no show problem. as ever. I look forward to returning the favour. I probably w- will have returned the favour, actually, by the time people have listened to this, but whether it will be out or not. So I'm giving away mm. no secrets, no <laughs> secrets, no breaking news on the show. But thanks so much for that. And actually, a few weeks after this, or a couple of weeks after this, we, or a few weeks, a couple of weeks, pretty much the same thing, um, we may even meet in person in Cardiff. So we'll have to keep in touch. I don't know what our plans are as of yet. I presume you're still going to the show. in Yeah, the yeah. Or, yeah.
0: So I, I was unable to prevent Tom... From booking a coach that takes us to Cardiff at ten o'clock in the morning, I don't know why you oh, no. felt the need to do that because <laughs> because we live in Bristol, so it's literally forty five minutes away. But we still insist us going really really early, yeah. And and then um and then coming back last train, I think it is or last coach in in, in the evening. I can't remember, I can't remember exactly. So basically, we're going to be there all day, going to be exhausted by the end, and I'm sure we will have had far too much to drink. What could um, possibly
1: go wrong? <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: But the the funny thing is, I was going to ask you actually this is really interesting couple and few so oh yes couple means two two couple
1: means two yes but
0: i've always said few to mean two or three
1: yeah i agree with that yeah
0: but my wife's like no 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 it's at least five six seven i'm like well it doesn't sound right at all to me when you say that
1: i would say few would be maybe two and a bit weeks right so like if you're for example like a Oh, I don't know, two weeks on Saturday from now or two weeks on Friday or something from now. That's not three weeks away, but I I think that's the probably the, the dividing line, I think. Okay,
0: interesting, yeah.
1: interesting. So two and a bit onwards is a few, I would say. Um, I think we're getting... I say,
0: uh, I, 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 I say interesting. It's not interesting at all. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could show up patreon.com forward slash South Moments. You'll hear two hours of Ben and I Discussing the discussing the quirks of the English language. So, you sign up now. So, our fa- I don't know if you know this. One of our co-hosts has set, set, set up a legitimate Patreon, which is a hundred dollars a month. Uh, wow. With Joel Watts tier, and no one signed up. But I did. <laughs> I did, we keep making jokes about the content on there. And I do. I do worry a little bit that I very much think it's unlikely, but I do worry a little bit that someone's going to do it at some point because they are going to, "Oh, I really like to hear that." It's not real. It's not happening. Um, See, so yeah, I think we're getting the ten thirty train from Paddington. Right. Um, so we might being a similar stable obviously we've got to stay over we're staying at sleepers with uh, with a z hotel mm. so i'm sure that's going to be fantastic
0: i'll give you listeners a little uh, a little um, sneak peek of us talking about the quirks of the english language Stephen, right now so um and this is one for your listeners to mull over and think about for a while mm. i suggest so it's um so it's worcester it's leicester it's toaster it's bister it's gloucester yeah, there's a place near me called Siren Sester. Why the hell it decides to break the naming convention <laughs> and put the and say the cess, which none of the others do. I no. don't know, but it's called Siren Sister. Tell me what that's about
1: ridiculous absolutely ridiculous our language is a joke basically <laughs> no wonder no wonder the Americans definitely. have changed some of the some of the words to make it make more sense so all right good stuff Ben I look yeah, forward to speaking definitely. to you again very very soon catching up and hopefully we'll be able to have a, I'm actually going to do we're actually going to try and do an on the road podcast in Cardiff so I may stick a microphone in your in your face and yes. some in some sort of establishment we
0: are too so we can oh, do are, you? A, we okay. are two, So we
1: can, yeah yeah <laughs>
0: so we can do a bit of a crossover
1: yeah so what are you here's, here's some technical questions so i've bought a couple of microphones for the train oh, wow but i'm, I'm also going to take with me um as england have just scored in the euros uh women's 75 show, shows how long ago that we're doing this um i'm actually taking to take a little plug-in microphone that sticks in wow. my iphone so that's that's the plan but whether it works i, I don't know because i found the plug-in lapel ones or the bluetooth lapel ones are awful you so, are
0: you you know what i think you have showed that you you care about the quality because literally <laughs> and i've done it before to be honest and it doesn't sound bad at all i'm just going to take my phone okay, talk okay into just, my phone and that's yeah. it
1: yeah i think that'll work. work well yeah, yeah I th- it yeah. will
0: it will yeah. work i've done it before i i did it uh, a few times when i was still working for wrestle talk and we just recorded it i did i actually recorded a bunch of them with vince russo on a phone Oh, really yeah so um
1: if you think how good a voice note sounds that is only the same thing so actually probably maybe I'm overthinking it it's only the train that's difficult because there's we're gonna be True. sat around a table but again how much whenever I hear um we're getting really into the dark murky depths of podcasts now but whenever I hear like an on the road podcast I always think, just I just want to hear about the event. I don't really want to hear that much before the event. Because what are you going to say? Or predictions for the show. Well, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know who's won. So, yeah, there's yeah, all that know, as well.
0: You, you know what we're like, There, We aren't going to talk about the bloody show at all. It's no, no. <laughs> not going to be about the show. It's going to <laughs> no. be about how pissed up old man is. Yeah. And, and, and and how many, I don't know, like, <laughs> how many beers Tom's had. Is, is, is Matt it's going, going be, as well? Is is, nothing. He, he must well, be going
1: he, as Cardiff, or like, is he sitting, sitting somewhere else?
0: Yeah, he's, he's somewhere else. Um, I, He will be going and we've obviously, we, we've got plans to meet up with as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, But who knows? I, I just, as I say, it was not my choice to go at 10 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, no. put it that way.
1: Has Matt gone for some premium seating? I've got a feeling he might have spent what Has he spent a fair amount on his, on his tickets? I don't
0: know, actually. I don't yeah. know. You might be right, though. Uh, I know we've got some really quite cheap ones. I think it's probably quite a million miles away. So, mm. as I say, we aren't going really going to care about the show, I don't think. No. I think what you said... A while ago was true, which is that basically we're gonna finish the show and then realise probably could have just done this at home, watched the yeah, show. <laughs> and it would have been
1: quite good fun to have, I mean, whether people I could have probably watched it with Danny who's in London, but I don't think that my northern friends would have come down. But probably would have been just I mean, it would have been quite good fun just watching at home. Five thirty start, I think it is as well, isn't it? So it's a relatively um sort of sociable hour. So I'm sure let's let's hope now that Triple H is in charge, there's gonna be a wonderful show. So yeah, fingers crossed. Right, Ben, I'll let you get out of here. Thank you very much for putting on the show and thank you everyone for listening. And we should speak to you all again very, very soon.